Welcome to The Concierge CPA. I'm Jackie Meyer, founder of The Concierge Accountant Program and Tax Plan IQ software. This is a podcast for accounting firm owners and influencers who are pursuing world-class service. We discuss their path to excellence, their daily habits, and what influences them and their work. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around till the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go, y'all. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Concierge CPA podcast. I have Zane Stevens with me today. He is the founding partner of Protea Financial, which was established back in 2014. And they specialize in controllership, if that's a word, being controllers uh, and accountants for the wine industry, which is super glamorous sounding. We'll see if if it's actually that uh, sexy once we talk more about it here. Uh, Zane is from South Africa with actually 29 people still in an office there. And the rest of his team is in the U.S. He has an office just north of San Francisco. So Zane, welcome. Tell us a little bit more about you and then we'll dive into some more questions. Hey, Jackie, thanks for the introduction. I think you covered a lot of it. I mean, you know, in the simple terms is, uh, you know, I'm an accounting business owner who's originally from South Africa, now residing in California. And we're just trying to help the wine industry with a lot better financials than they're used to, uh, so they can get it on time of high quality so they can make better decisions. Nice, all right. And so you're really focused in on the accounting, bookkeeping, controller side of things. Um, how did you get into this? What, what brought you to the US? What brought you into this industry? Yeah, so we, we definitely do focus sort of on that controller level downwards focus, um, but to sort of get to the start of the story, um, back in 2013, my wife was actually working for a winery in South Africa that had U.S. ownership, and part of that ownership group had broken away to start a, a new company, and they were looking for a CFO, and they wanted her, uh, so we made a decision to pack up our lives and move to California. And, you know, we thought, let's go see what it's all about. Let's, you know, nothing tying us down at that point. Let's go on an adventure. So she came over. I eventually joined her. Um, and then, you know, after a few months, I actually joined that same company uh, in more of a FBNA type role. But what we quickly realized is we had a lot of projects and investments going on in the wine space, but we couldn't really find good options to do the accounting. Uh, we looked at market and it was generally expensive or poor quality or both. And, you know, we, we decided we need to find a better way to do this. And, you know, that's sort of where the idea of Protea was, you know, formed was let's make an option that we know can be of high quality. It can keep the cost to a much more affordable level for an industry that struggles with cash flow. And um, at the same time, we'll solve our own problem and be able to have a solution for ourselves and our own needs. Very cool. So you're an innovator in a way. <laughs> um, you know, it, the, one of the interesting things on what we're trying to do, right? Outsourcing is not new. Offshoring is not new. But it's fairly rare the way we're able to be able to set it up in that 
the team in South Africa isn't a third party that we're just making use of. They're part of our team. It's a wholly owned subsidiary. We all operate together. You have the art events um, together. You know, I talk to people on a regular basis down in South Africa. They you know, talk to me. You know, everybody sort of collaborates together and part of a bigger team, even though we're sitting on two different continents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And I know you mentioned to me before uh, recording that it's really important for you to kind of get thoughts out on what makes a good accountant, making sure that messaging is consistent, et cetera. So tell, tell me a little bit more about that. What does make high quality accounting work? Yeah, I mean, one of the big things that I see in the, the accounting industry, right, is everybody wants to be a CFO. And there's a lot of sort of neglect towards what is what they, you know, they term bookkeeping. I like to use the word transactional accounting. But that, okay. that information or that, you know, that source information. So we are very focused in on sort of source documentation through to your management reporting. So I'm very much in the belief that if you have really good underlying data, all those fancy things that you want to do, cash flow forecasting, budgeting, you know, long-term forecasting, the strategic analysis will all be benefited if the accounting is of higher quality. And what I tell my team all the time is that this work is really important. And what we need to focus in on is one, being consistent, doing things when we're supposed to, Mm -hmm. being timely. You know, so there's a big trend in outsourced accounting at times that 45 days off the month end is acceptable to close month ends. I don't believe that. Uh, 10 business days is sort of the extent that we want to go. Okay. Then just focus in on accuracy. Accuracy is so important because you can't make any of the business decisions. You can't do any of the forecasting. You can't do all those fancy things unless that information, you know, is accurate. It's the, the, the old saying of, you know, junk in, junk out situation. So if we can be part of the process of putting good stuff in, hopefully good things come out. Very cool. And so what kind of practical tip or advice could you give our audience of a lot of accountants in regards to that good input? You know, what what are y'all doing that, sorry, my Texan's coming out, but what are y'all doing that other people aren't or that you think is not consistent and good quality in the industry besides, you know, 10 day close. That's awesome. Love it. Um, what other practical tips can you give us? Yeah. So I think one of the things is, is that we see a lot of people trying to, um, operate as individuals. So we've gone, we've taken the step within our company to add a team dynamic to every single project. So we're not just a team as, as a company, but when we set up a project, a new project that goes in, we actually equip that project with three team members every single time. We call them account managers, seniors, and juniors. And it creates a situation where not only is there segregation of duties, but there's also built-in review processes. So mm-hmm. our juniors do work that's reviewed by our seniors. Our seniors do work that's reviewed by our account managers. And the account managers take ultimate responsibility for the work. So creating the processes where there's checks and balances is just going to make things a little bit more accurate. A second pair of eyes is much better than trying to self-review, especially when things become a little bit more complicated, because if you spend a lot of time on, on something, it's really hard for you to pick up your own mistakes because you're going to feel good. Like, yes, I got through that task, but a fresh set of eyes that's coming in with it without sort of the emotional attachment to the work will likely pick up more errors than if you had done it yourself. So it just gives you that extra sense. 
Yeah. And then I mentioned awesome. the word consistency, and that's the big thing. You know, one of the things we preach with our team is sort of understanding what your daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual tasks are and doing them at the same time all the time. That just makes it a lot easier because it sets expectations of when work will be done that other people can then rely that they know it's complete and then they can pick up the information at that point in time. So there's no situation where people think work is done, but it's not yet done because you haven't got your work done on time. Yeah, what uh, workflow system are you using to keep track of that? Uh, we use Carbon. Oh, nice. Okay. So two other things that I have to kind of decompress from that. One, I saw when I was looking up your website earlier about, I saw the account manager and I meant to ask you about that. So I'm really glad you brought it up. So, you know, my firm specializes in tax planning, but we have project managers uh, for tax planning. And so it's a very similar concept. And it's something that I think a lot of firms are missing out on in regards to having someone that's just in charge of the account. And it's really detrimental to the owner of the firm because they are getting, you know, diluted in the swarm of work uh, and communication from the clients and whatnot, instead of having someone consistently in the middle of that. Yeah, I mean, the big part of putting that person in place and, it, it, you know, was sort of formed, you know, it's by myself, right? So sort of had a title, what, what I do. But the thought process is, is that we want to try and make it as simple for the clients as possible. So by setting up one account manager who's responsible for the project, that client knows who's going to be communicating with them with questions. And if they have questions, they know who they need to speak to as well. It also just sort of allows for consolidation of ideas. So if there is a problem on the project, there's one person that's putting through you know, the problem, asking for some help and then allowing the team to problem solve from there. So it's not just a bunch of individuals running around. Again, it creates this team structure, but also creates sort of a beacon that everybody knows, okay, this is where the problem is. This is the person who we have to make sure we're all in agreement, bring our ideas to it, and that'll allow us to sort of focus in, solve the problem, ask the questions, and move on. Okay. Now, this is something we've kind of debated at my firm, especially as we have the great resignation, the quiet resignation, you know, everyone not wanting to work right now in the U.S. at least. Um, what kind of experience does this account manager need to have? Do they need to have bookkeeping and accounting experience or is it more of like a customer support type role? No, so everybody on our team are accountants and our account managers are people that have experience in the accounting industry. So if everybody in our team has, has, has a lot of accounting experience, they've been part either of a you know, CPA firm in a tax or position, or they've been part of a company before where they're filling in some role within the company, you know, from senior accountant all the way up to CFO type level. Um, that understanding of the accounting is really, really important because it allows to provide support to the team when problems arise. So they've, you know, the, the hope is that they can come in. They're not the ones doing the work all the time. So they've got fresh eyes and they can look at the problem and hopefully, you know, provide suggestions to solve it. Um, and then it allows that person as well with accounting knowledge, obviously, to come to me if they need additional help. You know, I'm an accountant by trade and we can talk shop and, and come up with solutions. Um, you know, it's not always going to be gap solutions. Sometimes, you know, we have to think a little bit more operationally or business sense wise for it but come out with the best solution to help that business. And a lot of that, those problem solving comes from the experience that people have had within different companies. Yeah, so we came to the same conclusion that you really do need to have 
technical experience to, to be able to manage the client relationship. Well, I wish that wasn't the case because there's a lot more people out there that can be a, you know, general project manager than, uh, an accountant. Um, are y'all running into any of these staffing type issues in South Africa? Is it different from here? What, what's the, you know, what's, what is it like? I think generally speaking, there is not enough accountants for work out there. Um, I think that's that's a global problem, not just a U.S. problem. We do find it a bit easier to hire in South Africa, um, but that might just be, you know, just because of the outreach and what, what we're offering. Um, you know, there's, you know, with the account manager position, it's very specific in terms of the skill set and experience that we're looking for, where on the South African side, you know, we've got a a typical CPA um, setup where it's accountant, senior accountant, junior manager, manager, senior manager. So depending on where we are, we're hiring through you know into a spectrum of positions. Um, so at times, you know, we go through times. There there are periods in the year where it's harder to hire, where there's certain periods, you know, around year end, it's a lot easier to hire than sort of in the middle of middle of the year. Mm -hmm. But we've generally found it easier. Um, but very different methods as well. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, provides a little bit of at least balance when we're hiring in South Africa is we sort of know when people will be able to start and when people would be able to exit if they, you know, they decided to move on from us as well, because the way the, the employment acts are set up in South Africa, you effectively have to provide us with a calendar month's notice. So, you know, from a planning standpoint, it makes hiring a little bit easier where obviously in the U.S. people can, you know, leave at any point in time, basically. Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. Okay, so I have to question, I know our listeners are probably thinking this question. This all sounds great, you know, having three people plus involved in an account, but how do you manage the cost involved there without being like, you know, the most high costing uh, offering out there? You know, so sometimes, you know, Price is important, and we're we're in an industry where you know I mentioned cash is always tight, and we are thinking about price all the time. What is under what it would needs to be understood is that all the processes that we're doing, a person that's a single person team would be doing as well. All we're doing right now is making sure other people touch the work so that there's additional review. Another portion of that is we're able to maintain a lower cost than our competitors because we are using a country where the exchange rate is to our benefits. That generally speaking, the South African rand is about 15 to one to the US dollar. Mm. So our team compared to what you would be able to pay for somebody in California is significantly lower, which comes through in our pricing. Our South African team is built out of $55 an hour, where our US team, the, the lowest rate is 135 per hour. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, that really helps to, to realize that variable. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now you've mentioned several things that you've done really exceptionally well. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you can think of in your work that, that you have tips for others to maybe help them become better at, or, you know, that's probably enough what you already said. <laughs> what do you think? No, I mean, you know, one of the things that it's important with becoming an accountant. And I spoke on sort of that consistency standpoint. And, you know, we're a company that's totally outsourced. Uh, you know, in the U.S., we're 100% remote. 
in South Africa, we are in a hybrid model where the team goes in effectively for four hours a week, uh, but the office is available to them all the time. But, and we provide flexibility. You know, we've got a lot of people that have kids and they need to run around. So people are all on different schedules. But I think what's made us really successful is when we talk about flexibility, we talk about plan flexibility. And I talk about people making sure that they find time to work within their lives rather than trying to find life while they're working. So, you know, try figure out for yourself, when is it best for you to work? When is it best for you to get activities done? And then really use, you know, keep that schedule. And if, you know, it works well for you, like I get up at 4.30 in the morning, I get two hours of work in. Like that really works for me because I'm able to get through a bunch of work, get some review done when it's really quiet before my family wake up and life gets going. Mm -hmm. um, my inbox is also a lot quieter because I don't have client emails coming in through that period of time. So I use that two hours in the morning to get stuff done. And if that works for you, then you should jump on it as well. If you're a person that needs to sleep in a little bit later or you know, wants to go out and get a workout routine early in the morning done and school runs and all that and you need to get some time at night, we'll do that as well. But you know, try to stick to that schedule. When you have planned flexibility like that, you can create routine in your life. And when you have routine in the accounting space, you will just be more consistent because you'll know when you're going to work rather than trying to just fill it in whenever you've got a gap. So create plan flexibility, create the consistency, and you will just naturally be better at what you're doing because you understand that this is the time to focus and you're effectively creating a situation where you go to work and you leave work based on your set expectations of your, of your schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. The first thing I do if I'm coaching an accountant is discuss their schedule and do what I call time blocking uh, to where they're prioritizing in their week. Okay. I know I need to spend at least five hours on this task, like review work, for example. So let's get that plugged in. Let's time block the calendar off for it. Um, and then you can kind of back into other types of activities they need to do. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's uh, sort of finding, you know, it's like taking a bigger picture and going, this is what my week needs to look like. This is what every day looks like. And then individually, those days might change a little bit depending on what your deadlines are coming through on that day. And then taking into account, you know, if you having to pass information over to another team member, understanding what their days look like, right? If there are people that are sort of done by four o'clock in the afternoon every day, you can't really be sending them information at 4 p.m. You know, that's just, it's just not going to work. So you have to come to an agreement between the two of you, sort of when you're going to work on that and how to prioritize that work so that the the flow of information continues and there's no delays in the system. Yeah, definitely. Now we've talked a lot about really positive things that you're able to do in your practice. I know even the best accountants out there still have challenges as well. I think it's important for the audience to hear about challenges that we're all facing and, you know, brainstorm ways to, to make it better. Is there a particular challenge that you're facing right now that uh, you think would be interesting to talk about? Um, you know, from a, from a company standpoint, yeah, us individually, what is always difficult is sort of planning, right? And understanding how much time people have and setting expectations of how much time each project will take, right? So I think one of the one of the most trying things in sort of an outsourced accounting environment where you have multiple 
projects with multiple expectations. And more likely than not, they'll all have a once-off project that'll come up at the same time. Is trying to find the balance between too much and too little work and making sure that people have time, not just to get their job done, but finding time to develop as well. So we put a big focus within our company on uh, continued education. And we provide people with time within their, their schedules to do training every single week. Um, but when you're growing and when new work is coming in, and then obviously, you know, we're approaching year ends as well, it's how do you maintain that balance so that people feel that what they're doing is adding value, but at the same time, they don't feel overwhelmed because there's so much being thrown at, them at the same time. So it really comes down to planning, but also providing enough support in a remote environment so that nobody ever feels like they're by themselves. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest struts challenges a lot of businesses had, you know, in 2020, whenever it was forced remote, is that people didn't really have structures in place to support people unless they saw the person, which led to a situation where everybody had tons of meetings. But creating an environment where people understand that they have support, there's other people within the business that have probably seen this problem before, and create an environment that everybody feels comfortable to reach out and ask for help and that is not a failure, is one of the hardest things. And you know, every time we bring a new team member in, it's always a challenge to explain to people like, you will not get in trouble for asking questions. Asking questions is a good thing. It's the way we all get on the same page. It's the way we set expectation and it's the way we learn. So feel free to ask as many questions as you possibly can and then learn from those questions and continue to grow. Mm -hmm. yes. So I'm sort of touching a bunch of stuff there, sort of, you know, Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned like capacity yeah. issues, which, yeah, that's a huge problem in the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you plan around? When do you hire? Even if you know you need to hire, can you even fill that position soon enough? Because it's taking months and months to fill uh, new positions right now. Um, is there a particular tool that you found to be helpful with like capacity planning? No, so if anybody, feel free to reach out. I was to me. hoping for for a unicorn solution there. <laughs> uh, we did hire an ops manager this year that's sort of helping me with that process. You know, I was taking a lot of responsibility for it, and we're trying to push a little bit more responsibility on the teams to make sure that they're budgeting correctly and asking the right questions and understanding the flow, so that you know we're not overwhelming any person in particular. Um, but really, it's just become a position within the company as you know new clients come in sort of adding a client, you know, every 10 to 15 business days at the moment. So there is moving pieces and then, you know, making sure that we're on top of what our clients need. And we've seen a lot of growth within our own clients, you know, in the wine industry, things did slow down in terms of transactions, you know, less people in tasting rooms, less travel, all those types of things. Mm -hmm. um, so over the last year, we've seen all of our internal clients that already have always been there their number of hours required a month has grown as things get busier, again, as people start traveling, as people come into the tasting room, as people are trying new things. So it's trying to keep on track of just the growth of our own clients, bringing new clients in and making sure that people have time to do things other than just work. You know, we, we got to find time for the growth. We got to find time for meetings where we can talk to each other. We got to find time to do the performance appraisals to make sure that people continue to head in the direction in the right direction. So 
you know, planning is always going to be tough. I wish there was a tool that would make our lives a lot easier. Um, but at the moment, we're sort of using Excel, uh, you know, using our time tracking software to pull out data so we can see sort of flows over a 13 period. But we're trying our best to sort of piece, piece the puzzle together. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that you have someone dedicated to that. Um, what, what would you call that role? Uh, we've called it the operations manager. So they're responsible not just for our planning, but also sort of the management of our carbon as that grew as well. You know, okay. 40 clients, that's a lot of tasks that need to be added, rolled over, you know, projects managed. So they're taking on all that sort of, you know, effectively our back office. They've taken on all, all those things that are important to us and make us tick. Uh, it's one person taking responsibility with input from, from you know, account managers and teams. Mm-hmm. I love that. I did another interview where uh, someone had hired an, you know, HR manager, which is, you know, another operations manager, HR manager. These are roles that you hear of all the time across many industries, but for some reason, accounting firms are not necessarily plugging these skills into their own company environment. And so it sounds like it's really important to be proactive with uh, those kind of more general roles and make sure that you can fit that into your current workflow. Yeah, and we have an HR manager as well. Um, and before we hired the ops manager, uh, HR person was ops and administration, and they were having okay. everything to do with HR plus the carbon side of it. Um, but with a growing team, you know, it became too much for one person. Carbon got more time consuming. People became more t- time consuming. Uh, you know, just going through a hiring process takes a lot of time on, on its own. So we've basically separated from one person to two people over the last sort of 12 months. Um, and we see those, those both those roles really important to our business, you know, making sure our, our team members are in a good headspace is important to us. You know, we really want people to be in a good place. Um, it's not always easy, right? Everybody's got personal things going on. Life is tough in general for everybody out there. It's just, a you know, it's a crazy world we live in. But we need to know that there's that person there from a, you know, a human side that is willing to look after them. And, you know, we, we make sure we check in with people other than our normal check-in meetings. We also, we see a platform called 155 where people do their weekly check-ins and just sort of see how they're feeling. You know, they can bring up their victories for their week and also any problems that they're dealing with. So mm-hmm. that you know, we have a regular check-in on a weekly basis. So if something pops up, uh, a performance manager or the HR manager or myself or an account manager to reach out straight away and deal with the problem rather than letting it fester. Okay. And so who are they doing the the 15-5 meetings with? So it's a it's a it's an online platform which they go in and check in. It asks them a bunch of questions and that's reviewed by their performance manager. And then uh, the HR manager on a weekly basis goes in and checks the responses from everybody. You know, we get a pop up what they call a pulse score. Everybody, you know, weekly says how they feel out of a score of five. And we basically track, you know, if the score goes down, why did it go down? Is it normal for this time of the month? You know, scores are generally lower during month end uh, when it's a little bit busier and people are feeling a little bit more stressed. And as the month goes along, scores tend to go up. So, you know, we sort of track that mood within the team and we look out for any warning signs. You know, there's some specific questions where you can sort of see if somebody's struggling. Um, and then we also ask, some some recurring questions every four weeks just to sort of see where people's headspaces are and we track their responses um, each cycle 
and we look for changes. You know, obviously the positive ones we're really happy about, but if somebody goes from positive response to a less than positive response, we're going to reach out to them and figure out what's going on on their side and how we can help them. Yeah, really cool. Okay, so it's actually I said fifteen five, but it's five fifteen. And what software are y'all using to do that? It's, it's actually it's uh fifteen five one five and then five dot com. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. So I had it right. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I stumbled along it. We've probably been on it for about two years now. Um, and it's just a great way to just sort of get a sense of where people are. You know, each week, it's the, it's the check-in. You can put in some priorities for the next week. You can check, check off this priority and then always ask you what went well this week. What are you struggling with? And then there's you know other questions that come, come from there as well. And we, we've found it really, really useful just to get a snapshot of where the team is. Yeah, that's really neat. I have not heard of firms doing that. And I, it's a really, really cool idea. Um, and then who, whoever's reviewing it, I guess your HR person then escalates to whichever manager is appropriate. Well, the performance manager be the, is the person who reviews it on a weekly basis. Okay. Um, yeah. So I have like nine of them coming into my inbox on a weekly basis and I'll review it. Um, you know, the idea is that the person who's Filling it out should take 15 minutes each week, and then it should take me five minutes to review. This sort of that's where the name comes from, and um, you know you respond to it. You know there's little like emojis that you can have reactions to how they're feeling. If something is less than negative, you can sort of give them you know some advice or feedback or ask additional questions. Um, if there's a good outcome, you can celebrate that with them. Um, you know, so it's just a good way to touch base without having to jump on a phone call. Yeah, very cool. Okay. And um, from other perspectives of things that you're doing with our industry and for taxpayers directly, um, you mentioned you have a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. So sort of really proud of it. You know, I, I started my sort of career and I, I actually even taught high school while I was finishing off my, my postgrad. And education has always been really important to me. And what I've always felt that there's not enough simple, basic education for business owners who just want to understand accounting a little bit better. They don't need to be able to do the accounting, but it would be really helpful if they just sort of understand some of the terms that gets thrown around. You know, accountants, like many uh, professional industries, love to use jargon, um, which throws people off the trail and makes it a little bit harder for people to ask the questions they want. So about probably about two years ago as well right now, we we started a YouTube channel called Prodigar Academy, where we we share regular videos on just basic concepts. You know, there's a couple of other things. You know, we've got um, some video highlights where we have interviews with our team members. I go live every now and then as well, just to talk about something that's top of mind. I'll just pop up on you know on our channel um, on a Friday Friday morning, just sharing sharing thoughts and ideas. And the idea is that it is just something that's really easy for people to quickly digest. You know, there's obviously video because it's YouTube, but honestly. You just need to put the sound on and you'll be able to pick up and, and hear what it is. And it's just trying to make accounting a little bit more approachable for people who don't quite understand accounting. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. And then you also have a leadership focused kind of, was it a monthly newsletter? So what it is, it's, we call it Protea Conversations and it's interviews with business leaders um, we do about one a month, and the idea is it's a Q&A. So, you know, it's an article with six questions, and we ask people about their journey, um, 
about their long-term goals, you know, some advice that people should be thinking about when they're first starting out, some of the best leadership advice they received over the period of time. And then, you know, some sort of give us some a little bit more color to who you are as a person. And we share that out on a monthly basis. There's always great, you know, quotes from people in terms of lessons they learned. And it's always interesting to read those lessons and who they've come from, because it could come from a parent, it could from, come from a sibling, it could come from somebody that they work with, or it just could be some random person that they happen to bump into throughout their career. And there's always, you know, just wonderful advice that everybody could learn from. Um, we, we pair that up with, with our community outreach program as well. So for every article that we do, we make a donation to a charity that we support. Um, oh, in 2022, we're, um, we're supporting a, uh, a nonprofit called Positive Images, which is based in Sonoma County. It's an LGBTQ plus um, safe haven for, mm -hmm. you know, mostly sort of high school kids into young adult type sort of space. Uh, they have a lot of social get togethers, you know, just a place for people to go who are sort of dealing with um, what can be difficult to sort of share who they are with the world i mean it's still a very difficult place for people to to really share who they are and you know they do great things like i know they do like an alternative prom for people who don't feel comfortable going to their own prom they will they'll put one up for the for, for the teens to make sure that they still have a good experience and that, have that full you know high school experience yeah that they, they oh, really that's really neat us. yeah now how would our listeners sign up for this kind of monthly release for the newsletter or whatnot? Yeah, I mean, obviously the easiest is just go to our website, uh, protefinancial.com and under blog, there is a separate heading called uh, Prote Conversation. So all the all our interviews over the last two years are there. The other option is there's a pop-up um, which you can receive, then receive our monthly newsletter. And our monthly newsletter is not too intrusive. Literally last Friday of the month, you'll get an email and it, it'll be all our blog posts from that month. 99% of the time, the first blog post you'll see is our Proteo Conversations and people can click on that and go read it, but it also will share all other accounting blogs um, for the month, as well as we, we tend to do a lot of guest blogs as well. We get people, you know, from the insurance industry or, you know, somebody in the M&A space, you know, sharing other parts of the business that, you know, we don't have the expertise on, but they'll share ideas and thoughts on how to help small business owners you know, who are trying to make decisions with, within their space. So there's, there's a lot of good things that comes out from that release on a monthly basis. Okay, perfect. All right. So we are definitely capping out on what I'm trying to limit on my podcast time to, but uh, there's so much more that I could ask you. Is there anything else in particular that you would like to share with our listeners? You know, the only thing that I sort of, you know, I always want people to know, like if you're new in your accounting career or if you're considering going into the accounting space like i just want you all to know like it's a it's a tough place like being an accountant is never easy it's sort of a, a thankless job that is so critical to the success of any business if they don't have good financial information they can't make good business decisions and they most likely will fail so even though it feels really tough in the beginning and it feels like everybody doesn't really care about what you're doing, understand that you're doing really, really important work. You are making a difference. And if you're doing things the right way, it will pay off in the long term. Yeah, well said, well said. Well, thank you so much, Zane. Really appreciate our time together today. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Um, 
you know, they, the easiest way is always to go to our website, proteofinancial.com. Um, the other place is to find me on LinkedIn. Um, I post on a daily basis. So, you know, I share all my thoughts and ideas over there. And I'm, I'm always open to connections and able to you know, chat and, you know, we can set on one-on-one. So I, I think those are probably the two best ways to reach out to me. Okay, great. Yeah, I just connected with you this morning. So we're good to go. <laughs> all right, Zane. Thank you so much for your time today. Take care. Appreciate it, Jackie. Thank you. listening to the concierge cpa hosted by tax plan iq we believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world if you are a successful accounting firm owner or influencer who would like to be on this program please visit jackiemeyercpa.com j-a-c-k-i-e-m-e-y-e-r cpa.com to apply please share this on social media and rate us so we can continue our good work Join our Facebook group called Accounting Firm Influencers or connect with me on most platforms under Jackie Meyer CPA. Thanks for being accountable to transforming our industry today.